Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. Coming up. He wants us to have a full life. He wants us to be happy in life. He wants us to be fulfilled in life. He wants us to have a life that is transformed. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Great. Oh, I'm getting my eyes accustomed. Now I can see you. Smile. I believe this is a congregation that really, or a group of people that really loves to smile. They do, eh? Yeah. Look at someone next to you and just smile. Even if it's a male, just smile. <laughs> There's something that happens, you know. I want us to relax. You've seen me, most, some of you know me. You know, when you go visiting in our culture, I don't know about your culture, but I think it's the same because I've spoken in many, many different cultural settings, that when you go to your parents' house, in most homes, um, when you go visit them, and I, my parents are still alive, my dad is 88, and my mom is 80, so when we go to their house, even my wife, when we go there, the whole house is open. You feel at ease, you just relax. You know, it's like, you can just do what you like, almost. But with respect, we don't do that, but we can do anything almost. That's the same when we come to the house of God. We need to be relaxed. Because if we're not relaxed, we can't actually hear or receive what God has got for us. It's like going to a movie. Anybody like going to a movie? I like movies, especially if it's got guts and blood and shooting and killing and waking up and, and a little bit of love story in it, you know. A little bit of love story. We males do love love stories, even if we don't want to admit it. And then when we go to the movies, we, we sit there and we're so relaxed, we can't wait. We're actually trying to anticipate what the next move is and what's he going to say and going to come riding out on his white horse, all this sort of stuff. And we're so relaxed. We go home and we can think about that movie and talk about that movie for some time. That's how it should be with the house of God. We should be able to leave a Sunday and say, wow, you remember that? You remember this? Remember this? And we need to be able to say to each other, you know what God did for me? That's the secret. We need to be going home and say, you know what God did for me? It's a good thing that he did this for my wife, but what has he done for me? And so this morning, I want you to have an open heart. Uh, I want you to, to really listen with ears of your heart so that God can really do something. And so let me begin here. I'm going to talk about a complete transformation. And uh, I want to paint a life picture for you. Let me first do that. Paint a life picture. Uh, and through our travels, I've already alluded to, uh, there have been many places and cultural settings and social settings that we've been privileged to, to minister into, to help people, to talk to people, and, and just experience. Many times you go to a culture and you don't actually do anything. You're just there to experience. You're just there to sense what's going on. Uh, and especially in Africa, we've traveled extensively in Africa and uh, in Europe and other places. And every place we go to, we just seem to pick this thing up. And uh, in many cultures, uh, I've discovered that um, the female gender, um, they don't place too much value on them in Africa. It's like, you know, it's just a woman or a girl. And therefore, the expectations required of girls and women are not very high. The expectations maybe is to cook and clean and make the man look good um, and, and give him lots of children uh, and so that they can carry on the family name. 
Um, and added to that, um, we found that um, many times uh, women are spoken about behind their backs. Um, they're not well liked in society, they're isolated sometimes from society, and even possibly at times children who hear their parents talk about other people, um, they, they, they take them to themselves and they also start throwing insults. Uh, we have found that in, in different cultures they throw insults and so uh, insults cut even deeper to somebody's heart and mind that's already broken. Now, I've just described a life picture of, of women and ladies, but that life picture is also very similar to the male gender. Except we males, we want to be the hero. So, uh, we, we uh, can I just talk? We, we mistreat women. I'm talking globally. Not we here. We men know how to treat women here. Okay? I'm talking about outside of here. Um, men just treat women in such a way um, because inside of them, they've actually got so much insecurity. They don't know how to deal with it. And the only way they deal with it is to treat the weaker person in a bad way. That's the truth of it. But we men here, yeah, we're different. We, we know how to treat women. Uh, and so this life picture describes how many women are going through this thing in many cultures and societies around the world. Um, and many times individuals find themselves in this life picture because of decisions that they took. Many times things happen because they took certain decisions. Um, but other times they find themselves in that life picture because of circumstances and conditions that were outside of their control. Uh, and so I just want to have a look at that. And so no matter how you find yourself or one finds themselves in this life picture, it is certainly, I think you'll agree, it is certainly not the way to live. It's not a way to live being abused. It's not a way to live being ostracized. It's not a way to live being spoken about uh, behind your back. It's not a way to live to be isolated from family and a group of people. Anybody agree? It's not the way to live. We've not been made to live like that. Uh, and so... To help us understand this, I want to talk this, as I said this morning now, about transformation of the whole person. The body, the soul, the mind, and our emotions. We're a whole people. We need to talk about those things. Uh, and so to help us understand this, uh, we need to get it from the Word of God. I want to talk about somebody in the Word of God um, that went through all of this, and it will help us understand uh, that we don't have to go into this, what appears, this never-ending black hole. People find themselves in a never-ending black hole because of life, and they don't know how to get out of it. And so from Scripture, we're going to, I'm going to read quite a passage here. Uh, I'm going to read from John chapter 4, and if you've got your Bibles, if you have a Bible, it's good to bring your Bible to church. If you don't have a Bible, buy a Bible, because uh, you need to be, I know they put it today with technology, they stick it on the screens, and it's wonderful. I've even got the Bible on my phone, but you know, it's good to read the Word of God for yourself. Um, we all like to go and have food, natural food, and so the Word of God is our spiritual food. That is how we grow. And so we need to ensure that we read the Word of God. And I'm just going to read a passage, and then I'm going to explain it. I'm going to start in uh, John chapter 4, and let me go to, um, this is Jesus from chapter, from chapter 4, verse 4. He said he had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, this is talking about Jesus, he came to the Samaritan village 
of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave his sons, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noonday. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said unto her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't even have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is so very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave up this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will, soon become, will not soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water that I will never be thirsty again. It becomes like a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never thirst again. I won't have to come back to, this, to get water again. Jesus says to her, go and get your husband. I don't have a husband. The woman replied, Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. In fact, you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You, you certainly spoke the truth, Jesus said to her. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worship? I'm going to read this last verse. And Jesus said, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Let me just stop there. I just wanted to read that to give us the contents of, of what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, Jesus. The Word became flesh. The Bible tells us in the beginning was the Word in, Gen in Genesis and the Word became flesh, was born of a virgin and then dwelt amongst men. Yet Jesus was on his mission. He was now walking from one place to the next, and at midday, the Bible says, he comes to this well. There he finds a Samaritan woman. Now, this woman didn't realize that she was going to have a radical transformation in her life. She did not even realize that. But yeah, this is what Jesus did. He comes to this woman. We need to understand, first of all, who this woman was. Why would a woman... Go to the well at midday. Because normally, women who stand in long queues in Africa, for example, and in, uh, in some of the places I've been to here, they won't go at midday. They will go when it's early morning or late at night, in the cool of the day. They would go and get a quarter. But now this woman from Samaria, she was there. Why was she there? Because Jesus revealed that. Because this woman was actually ostracized. If, if you have friends and she's been married five times, are you going to leave her by herself with your husband? Talk to me. No, you're not. You're going to say, come here, boyki, you stay here. 
she's gonna, and we're going to walk a whole mile past if we see her coming. So every time she was uh, coming to get water, she was by herself. People were talking about her. They were afraid of her. The men scorned her. The woman, they didn't want anything to do because normally when women come together at a well, it's a time of fellowship. It's a time of speaking. So she couldn't even speak and be included with a woman that were doing the normal duties of a woman because of her lifestyle. Now let's just look at that woman for a little bit. Married five times. Sure. I wonder in those marriages... Because you've got to read a little bit deeper into the word. She must have been abused by some of the marriages that she was in. She must have been because she had no more trust. After five marriages, it was revealed she was now living with a man. So she wasn't even going to commit herself because of what she'd already been through. So every marriage that she had, she carried the same baggage with her. And it just got worse and worse and worse. So yeah, Jesus was speaking to this woman. He specifically went there because he knows everything about her. He knows everything about us. He didn't have to go there at midday. But he went at midday because he knew that she was going to be there. And you see, that's one thing about Jesus. This is a safe environment. When Jesus wants to deal with us and speak to us, he doesn't do it in such a public manner to embarrass us. He does it in a way that is comfortable, and yet it's the truth. Because you see, everybody in Samaria knew this woman. Everybody knew her. They laughed at her. They scorned her. Maybe the kids threw rocks at her. Because are you going to tell me that the mother of children who knows a woman like that is not going to tell her children about that filthy woman. And so Jesus came to her at midday, spoke to her. And isn't Jesus so wonderful? The first thing he did was he first asked her for natural water. He broke the barrier. He was a Jew and she's a Samaritan. They had enmity. They couldn't speak to one another. How dare you? And on top of that, he was a man. In the culture of the day, a man couldn't talk to another woman by himself. There had to be another woman around or another man around. But yeah, Jesus by himself, God who became flesh, was talking to this lady. And she was by herself. And he just asked her a simple question. I just want water. And that just sparked this whole conversation. To the degree where Jesus said, where's your husband? I don't have. Then when Jesus was saying to her about, I will give you living waters, he was talking about salvation. He's talking about not the natural water. But you see, in our understanding, Jesus has got to break through sometimes our thinking. He's got to go through our thinking. He's got to go through our emotions. He's got to go through our culture. He's got to go through our religious upbringing. Because I read it there. When Jesus spoke to her about that, um, the, the, the Hebrews... Um, worship in Jerusalem, and she then came up and said, yeah, we Samaritans, we worship here. You see, many times our religious upbringing stops the truth of Jesus Christ from penetrating our hearts. Because we get so comfortable uh, and secure in a religious system that it hides the truth from us. And yet Jesus was just breaking this down every step of the way. 
Uh, he, he just took down her defenses one at a time. Why? Why can Jesus do that? And you know, it tells us in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. That's in the Old Testament. It says, and Jeremiah had this revelation, before you and I, or before Jeremiah was formed in his mother's womb, so before you and I were born, Jesus knew us. Well, I want us to think about that. So who I am today, who that woman was, Jesus knew her before she was born. Because all life comes from Father God. He is the author of life. So he knows us. But this woman had a vacuum. This woman was so distraught from one man to the next. I mean, can you just imagine? And I wonder if um, what I'm talking about is reflective of, of the society that we live in here. I wonder if what I'm talking about this morning is, is some people right in our audience sitting here today have experienced exactly what that woman's gone through, male or female. You see, we come to the house of God for God to, to heal us, to fix us up. This woman, I want us just to imagine, even the men, one relationship to the next. What must have that, what did that do to her integrity, personal integrity? What did that do for her emotional wellness? What did that do for her trust in the male species? Just think about it. Must have been a real mess. All those things were there and she had to deal with all of those things. You see, when Jesus revealed to her and asked her, where is your husband? He wasn't trying to criticize her. He wasn't trying to embarrass her. He wasn't trying to hurt her. He was trying to get her to understand that she was talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will ask us a question that really confronts us. It's like, oh, where did this come from? And the next minute, we confronted to confess the truth. And as God was talking to this lady, things started to happen in her mind, in her soul, in her heart, because every layer was being taken away. Today, in our own relationship with God, in our own journey with God. Each one of us here on a different path, um, different section of where we're walking. Some of us know God. Some of us know Jesus. Some of us know a religious system. Some of us um, have most probably or maybe been so trodden down in life that we can't even trust ourselves anymore. The opening song that we sang, because I prayed about this before I got you. I prepared this back in South Africa already. The opening song, what was the line to the first song we sang? Sorry? There's beauty in my brokenness. See, the one thing about God, He came to save those that were lost. He didn't come for the, for the healthy people. By that means... 
means he didn't come for people who think they're all right only. He came for people, individuals who are broken. Because he wants us to have a full life. He wants us to be happy in life. He wants us to be fulfilled in life. He wants us to have a life that is transformed. Now, we need to understand the culture of this day. No one spoke to this woman. Yeah, Jesus was speaking to her and he revealed to her and he spoke to her and he comforted her. To the degree, the Bible says that she left her pots, water pots, and she ran back into the village of Samaria. And when she got into the village of Samaria, she spoke to the people there. Now, you talk about a transformation. Before, no one would even listen to her. Um, walking past men, they wouldn't listen to her. Walking past the woman, they wouldn't listen to her. Yeah, she had an encounter with Jesus. She ran back and she said, I want you to come and listen to a man that revealed everything in my life. Why do you think they listened to her? If before, they didn't even listen to her. Because her encounter with Jesus changed who she was. Her very look. If you are an individual, look, look at this woman. Five husbands, depressed, angry, bitter, uh, a hard look in her face, uh, couldn't trust anybody. Was, she was in a bad state. But then she met with Jesus. Her countenance, her face would have changed. Her posture. When you're depressed, when you're angry, when you're sick, how do you normally look? Physically, we, we, we seem to, to bend under the weight of all that stuff. The weight in our hearts. The weight, all the rubbish that is there. All the pain, all the hurt. It has a tendency to pull us down. Do you know anybody like that? You get pulled down. You, don't, you, 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 know, you can't even smile. But... This woman, after her encounter with Jesus, something happened. She must have straightened up. She was like, wow. He told me the truth. He's forgiven me. He's accepted me for who I am. And I can't keep this to myself. And she ran to the village, said, come see a man who told me everything about me. Her look, the way she sounded, the way that she ran, the excitement on her face, Maybe even a glow of peace and joy was the trigger that those men listened. We need to understand that. Before they wouldn't talk to her. I mean, we know how some men can talk about some women that uh, do all these things. They, they, they call them all sorts of names. But yeah, she comes back. They didn't even call. They just listened immediately. Now, I want to ask us a question. If you've been in that situation or you've been in church or in your connect groups, um, have we experienced what this woman has experienced? That immediately we can go and tell others, come and see a man or come and hear a man who's told me everything. Have we had that radical transformation that is so different that people immediately listen to us? Have you had that experience? It's just changed. 
don't have to be like this woman in the true sense of the word. There could be other things in your life that have just been hurting you and damaging you and keeping you quiet. But if you've had that radical experience like this woman, that transformation that was like the lights came on. And ever, people just noticed there was a difference about you. And they listened to what you said. Or is it the other side? We come to church. It's a good place to be, by the way. It's the right place to be. But we come to church. We have a good time. We sing. We get goosebumps. Uh, we enjoy the music. We enjoy the rhythm. We tap our toes on the floor. And it's great. Uh, and, and we go back to our life outside of church and people still see us the same before and after we left church. Not you, I'm talking about another group of people. <laughs> I'm just talking about another group of people altogether. The ones behind the screen here. You see, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is so interested in our well-being. He is so well-being, whether you're male or female, is immaterial. Because God, with God, there is no male, no female. There's no Jew, no, no Gentile. There's no Indian. There's no Greek. There's no Dutchman. We are all the same in the eyes of God. And he has a destiny for us. The Bible says he's come to give us life and life more abundantly. How is your life? This woman, her life turned from absolute misery to absolute joy the whole village came out eventually if you read it to the end of the chapter uh, the whole village came out and she became the first missionary to Samaria imagine that you might be sitting on your seat this morning saying well I'm in church I love God but you know what with the things that I've done in my life Things that I've experienced in my life, I don't think God will ever use me. Well, I've got a good story for you. If God can use a woman who was married five times, who was abused, who was living with a man, and all that stuff that she went through, God touched her, her mind, body, soul, and spirit, and her emotions, that she could become the first missionary for a whole village. Do you think God can use you? You talk in this church. It's not a Presbyterian church, eh? <laughs> you can't talk. Eh? This woman had an encounter with, with the living Christ. The moment of truth transformed her life. The evidence of a transformed life was immediate. You see, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He forgives our sins. It is gone. If I have murdered somebody and I didn't know Jesus, and then I'm in prison, just a story, it wasn't just telling you a story, and I was in prison, and someone came and said and started to speak about Jesus, and I got convicted, and I went to Jesus in what that prison meeting, and I said, okay, this Jesus I understand, uh, he forgives me, he loves me, he's died for me, Jesus forgive me. For what I have done. The guilt, the shame of the murder I did is forgiven. And then God will help me to carry out what I have to reap. Because what we sow, we reap. But as a believer, 
The reaping we have, God helps us to do that. When we believe in Jesus, he enables us. And somehow the Bible says he redeems the time. He makes the time shorter for the bad things we have to reap. This woman reaped almost immediately. She changed. What a turnaround in this woman's life. Something happened in her life that only God can do. Religion couldn't do it. Marriage couldn't do it. Failed marriages couldn't do it. Her religious system that kept her blind couldn't do it. Only a revelation of Jesus Christ. This morning. How's your relationship with God? Can you associate, maybe some might associate, with this woman of Samaria? You see, church, a relationship with Jesus Christ, who we cannot see with our physical eyes, is actually a tangible experience. But until we place ourselves and make ourselves vulnerable to receive this Jesus and to experience what he's got for us, everything up to that point will just be mundane, everyday life. That woman had a worse life than mundane. But when she had revelation of Jesus and he touched her, he changed her life. How is your life this morning? And you know something? Just like Jesus, he doesn't embarrass anybody. He's not going to embarrass anybody here this morning. Because in our hearts, you see the Bible says, in the heart of man, man he's referring to man and woman, in the heart of man, uh, above all things is sinful. Because we can hide stuff. I mean, I could have got, which I did, I think, I got dressed very nicely for church this morning. I did, eh? Look, I dress up smart, eh? I can. You've seen me before. I dress up smart. But, um, except the lady that we're staying with, but none of you actually know what I got up to yesterday. None of you actually know what I got up to last night. But I'm all dressed for church. However, there is someone far greater than Rashmi. Or my wife. There's a Holy Spirit who knows my heart. And He knows, even the Bible says, even knows the word, what I'm going to speak before I speak it. Have you ever thought about that? Has anybody ever read that scripture? That Jesus, the Spirit of God, knows the words we're going to speak before we even put it on our tongue. Sure. So the next time you want to swear, bite your tongue. Swallow that word. Don't let it come out. Jesus knows us. So you see, we can sit, a good place to sit in church. Good place. Good environment. Spirit of God is here. Especially when we're singing those songs. I really felt the presence of God. And the presence of God is here. And every time the people of God, or people, we all the people of God, come together, the, the intention is that God wants us to experience Him. Our lives are like, I was telling somebody the other day, our lives are like an a, um, onion. Layer by layer by layer by layer. So every time we come into the presence of God, there's another layer in our lives that 
from our past or whatever that he just wants to reveal and take away, take away, take away. Because he wants us to be individuals, followers of him that can actually live in absolute peace, absolute joy, have no shame. Can you imagine this woman, her transformation? What a turnaround. Shame, regret, lack of self-worth, no real purpose in life. We're all replaced. Now there was confidence. That touch, the touch with Jesus. There was confidence. There was faith in the true God. There was no, uh, or she was healed from emotional abuse. Her countenance was changed. She was happy. She was joyful. She was confident. Her posture changed, and people believed her. People believed her. Because they could see, and they could hear something was different. In her life. I know some of you. I don't know all of you. So I can ask this question. And I'll leave Pastor uh, Ryan to come and fix everybody up afterwards. But however, let me ask the question. If you're a follower of Jesus. And you confess to be a Christian. And you speak to your friends. Do they believe you? I'm asking us in the, excuse me, I, I'm not yet to hurt anybody, but you know, if Jesus was here in the flesh, he'll ask the same question. Do others believe what we say? Like they believe this woman. That's why there was an immediate reaction. There was an immediate reaction. In, in all different ways. They believed her because she said it. They believed it because she was confident. They believed her because her countenance had changed. They believed her because they could see that something had changed in this woman. And so when she spoke, they believed her. She didn't have to argue. You go read that passage. She says, come. It was like five words. Come and see a man. He told me everything. Eight words. And they just came on that do people believe us? Do they see the difference in us? Do they see that, and we're nobody special. The only reason we're special is because Jesus has forgiven us. That's all. Jesus has forgiven us. That's why we're special. But do they see the difference, like this woman from Samaria? I've got a note here. And uh, i tell you, I do that every single time. When I write notes, but I never stick to my notes. I've got a question that I've said. Okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want now? I've written that down. Every time I finish whatever I'm preparing, I write there. I ask the Holy Spirit. Talking to people, what? See, it's not important what I say, actually. What's important is what the Holy Spirit wants to say. And needs to say. And it's not a time to be fearful because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He'll just come and he'll nudge us. He'll just like... <clears throat> Sometimes we feel uncomfortable in our seat because we think that the, the preacher is speaking at us. No, he's not. It's a Holy Spirit who is tugging at your heart. It's a Holy Spirit who's just like unlocking some stuff. And he's saying, eh, you know, you've been struggling with this for a long time, you know. Um, you look all good on the outside, but on the inside you're just dead. Not you. He said that to the Pharisees. 
You're just a whitewashed tombstone with dead bones inside. Well, you talk about Jesus being in your face, eh? I mean, he was like, bang, hit them straight on. We want to be too politically correct, and I don't actually believe in political correctness. Because one day I'm going to stand before Jesus. And Jesus is going to ask me and say, Johan, you had an opportunity to talk to the people at C3. Why didn't you not speak the truth? So it's more important for me to speak the truth in a loving way than it is not to offend you. Is that all right? My intention is not to offend. My intention is to get your attention so that God can speak to you and heal and change. Because each one of us wants to have a better life. Each one of us wants to have peace and joy. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be, feel we are part of something that's far greater than what we are. We want to be fulfilled. We want to go to bed at night. Ah, oh, what a great day. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't want to go to bed tonight, today, and wake up or think, oh, tomorrow's going to be another bad day. Anybody like that? Hmm. Well, you're lucky. Yeah? I don't know what you've done. Maybe it's because you go on holiday too much. I don't know. However... What does a Holy Spirit want to do in your life? What will you allow Him to do in your life? Who is the Holy Spirit? When Jesus was crucified, and I'm coming to an end, when Jesus was crucified, He said to the disciples that the Father in heaven and I will send you someone exactly like us. He's our representative. He's actually us, but in a different way. Because Jesus, when he was on the face of the earth, could only be in one place at one time. And because he was God, he forgave us our sins. He died on that cruel cross, and then he rose from the dead. And then he said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, but I will come back. But in the meantime, to help you live on earth, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is an exact representation and is God himself but in spirit form he comes and dwells within us if we ask him to and he helps us and he leads us and he guides us and he reveals things in our heart that that need to be sorted out if we allow him to what is the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning what have you been trying to hide thinking that nobody knows oopsie oopsie God knows he knows everything but he's not going to embarrass you. He wants you to sort that out. And so I'm just going to ask us to just to bow our heads. Close our eyes. We bow our heads in respect of Almighty God. And we close our eyes in respect of one another. Because this is a personal one-on-one -on -one time with God. It's for no one else to see. Ah, oh, look out the corner of my eye. I saw my husband do something. No, it's got nothing to do with that. We keep our eyes closed because we respect one another. And we bow our heads in reverence to a holy God. Because everything that we do, we do of our own free will. And I've asked you what the Holy Spirit is saying to you, revealing to you. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free. He doesn't want you to have all those things that you're carrying along like a ball and chain. He wants to set you free. Even as a Christian, there are things in our lives that God wants to set us free from. And maybe today is your day. And so as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you don't know Jesus the way that I've been speaking about him. 
Uh, you, 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 you've, you've heard about him, but maybe you don't know him. And uh, if you want to receive Jesus, if you want to say, Jesus, come into my life, then after the service, you can come and see me. We'll pray. Um, but right now, what is Jesus saying to you? Maybe there's things in your past. Maybe there's things that, that you're trying to run away from. But today, like the Samaritan woman, Jesus says, no. I want to stop that for you on a change. I want you to have a life that is a lot better. I want to heal you. I want to heal your emotions. Any regrets, I want to heal your regrets. Any things that you're hiding in your heart that you think no one knows about, I know about, Jesus says. But I want to heal you. I want to take it away from you. I want you to leave this place today like a brand new individual. No pain, no bondage, improved self-image, confident in Christ. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 